Well, it's so wonderful to see you all. You all look so bright and happy and chirpy, but uh, who wouldn't up in this beautiful sunshine coast, my Lord. I think you guys, when you get to heaven, are going to want weekends off, you know, just to come back and visit the, the promised land. Such a beautiful area, such a magnificent church, best church in the whole of Queensland, in Jesus' name. Glad the Northern Territory isn't in that zone, yeah. And don't, don't tell any of the other uh, churches I said that, C3 churches, that is. Uh, but uh, it is so good to be here, connect with old friends and make new ones. And uh, especially down there in Melbourne, God bless you. No, shout a little louder. I didn't quite hear that. Ah, that's it. Yeah, you guys. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you too. I was... Uh, uh, asked at the airport, every I've been in a few airports this week, everyone says, have you been to Melbourne? I don't know what you got down there, but it's catching, amen, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's really, uh, but praise the Lord. We're praying for Dan, the Premier, amen, Lord Jesus. I'm not sure how you're praying or where we're praying, but we're praying that God would help him with wisdom, strengthen him and our own Prime Minister. Tough days to be uh, traveling through, and of course, your Premier, amen. You are praying for her, aren't you? And uh, we're believing God to, uh, to touch the whole nation. I do believe we're in for a massive revival. I have no doubt we are gearing up for the greatest move of God we have ever seen. And we've seen a pretty good move of God all around the world when you think there's another 600 of these congregations gathering around the world, about 120,000 of us around the world this morning in Germany and Leipzig and Berlin and Amsterdam. I was thinking about Steve Warren uh, just then and in Samoa and Fiji, even in New Zealand. We've got 52 churches down there, something like that. It's uh, astonishing. Churches like this, churches like you, and uh, uh, not all of them are as large. Some are a little bigger maybe, but we're all of the same caliber, quality, uh, just the most excellent people on earth. What a privilege it is, right? Yeah. I was thinking that this morning, what a privilege it is. Every church I go to, I think, man, this must be the, the greatest church we've got in the whole movement, because I'm so proud of you, so proud of the pastors, so proud of Pastor John and Danielle and all they've done. Unbelievable. He is a, uh, just such a, a dynamic leader far better than I am, and uh, does an incredible job leading a congregation and helping lead our movement. Uh, people call me the leader like he just did, but I'm just pretending he really does the, the hard yards and looks after a lot of difficult situations. And so pray for him because he's got about three jobs on his plate. I've had those, that predicament for a long time, and it's a, it's, a, it's a weight to bear, but happily I'm passing my church on at the end of this year to somebody else. So I'll be able to concentrate on you people uh, a little more. Amen. Watch out, baby. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So proud of your team. What a team. What? Have you met any of your team? Josh, Jacob. I better not say names. I'll miss somebody. Yeah. Sam's famous. You know Sam. He's been on ACC. I don't know if you, if you saw him on there. There was some other character on there as well, but Sam, you know, was my bodyguard. Amen. What, what did you do, Sam? Nothing happened, you know. It's like, thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, people. God bless you. Thank you, Melbourne. You may be seated. So good to be with you. And the onliners. In our church, we call them the Zoomers, but this isn't the Zoom room, is it? It's an onliner. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's so good to have you here. And this is the service to be, to be on because the 10 a.m. isn't going to be happening. So tag a friend and say, hey, you got to get onto this service. 
because the next one ain't. And it's so much better in real time, people. I mean, there's a vibe that we are there together. I mean, if you can't be together, then, I mean, online is good. But if you got half a chance to get together, you should be get gathering. Just saying, don't opt in for the, oh, the digital thing is so convenient, so good. You know, yeah, but I don't want to be going to heaven on, online. I don't want to be watching the, the, the rapture on my laptop. Thinking, whoa, that looks good. I want to be there. I want to be physically, spiritually present. And the church is powerful when you gather in the name of Jesus. We, we only become fully who we are meant to be when we are gathered. Isolation is not good. And even though the governments around the world are trying to look after our physical health, they're not doing a lot for our mental health because the, you know, the rates of people harming themselves has gone up through the roof. And so being together is, is just very good for you at every level. So don't miss out. If you can, make it. Get together. Thank you, Jesus. See, I told you I'm already going to get on your case. Uh, it's already starting, this transition. Are you people being paid overtime? or are you? No, okay, you can go. Hey, thanks, you know. Yeah, give them a big hand. <clears throat> Time for a smoker, guys. Yeah. and uh, Good one. Well, uh, I, this, this message... Uh, is, is, is not your kind of visiting preacher message, okay? This is, uh, this is, we are going a little deeper in the Word, like your pastor is saying, you're going to travel this year a little deeper in the Word. So I think you're up for it, though. I get the feeling like, you know, uh, Paul, when he went to certain people, he, he needed to adjust, adjust the level of teaching or the intensity or the depth. He said, oh, can't, can't talk to you guys at this time about this because you're still at babyhood. I got to go back to the basics. But, but he said, I'm glad I can talk to you people about this because you're there. You, you, can, you can cope with this. And he, he gauged his teaching according to where people are at, not just trying to jam them onto the, take a giant leap that they weren't capable of. Step by step, you grow in the Lord. But I get the feeling that this church, you guys are up for this. And, uh, and, and I, I would like to pull you a little further along on the Christian life. And so some of this... Uh, you know, you might find it's a, it's a, a different level of, of invitation. Matthew 28, verse 18. And before I get underway, I do want to mention that uh, because of COVID, I can't take books with me around anywhere. And so, but it's way better to buy them online because you can read them on your phone and on your iPad and just download the electronic versions. Uh, so uh, I would urge you to get a hold of any of these books. That's the latest book. Do it now. And so if you could, go ahead, do it now, and uh, get a hold of these books. Procrastination uh, is a big thing. I wrote it in, when COVID started because I saw a lot of people thinking, oh, when this is over, then I'll do that. Once everything's back to normal, then I will do that. But that, that pro that's just an excuse for not taking action right now. Do it now. I'll buy the house when things have settled down. Oh, I'll sell the house when things have settled down. Uh, I'll ask her to marry me when I can afford it. I'll... Uh, I'll you know, whatever. There's so many things that people put off. Do it now is about taking advantage of the moment and do what now? And it's, it's like stirring. If I read it, I, I get all stirred up and everything. But uh, You the Leader is a great book. Leadership 101 is actually the highest selling book I've had in the last 10 years because it's so thin. I think people get excited when they see a thin book. They think, I can say I read a book, and it, but it's just thin. But it's, it's six principles 
I boiled down all the principles that are in there, down to there, and just said, here's, here's basically the, the guts of it. And, uh, but the book uh, that I will refer to this morning, uh, which is called The Parable of the Dog, is not up there. And that is about uh, moving from having Jesus as your Savior to making Him your Lord. So hold that thought. And uh, as we travel into this message, I've just done this week four messages to camera for our C3 Online College on this matter, on this subject. Because I want our college to maintain relevancy and to be contemporary. I don't want to be just teaching stuff from 100 years ago that was relevant then. But we need to have ministers who are getting a hold of, of truth that is applicable right here, right now in this, in this world. And so we keep refreshing our online course. We keep the basics, but, uh, and we want to keep it up to date. We want to be the best in the marketplace, and I believe we are. We, we, there are hundreds, uh, maybe thousands of churches around the world that are using our, our courses. I, my goal is to not just have a million worshipers in our congregations around the world, and I would probably speak that every day of my life, try and visualize it, meditate on it, put Scripture with it, fear not for I am with you, says the Lord, have faith in God, with Him, nothing's impossible. And just to, just to defeat all those things, that little switch your faith on process, which you've heard me preach about and you're all doing, obviously. So we're not going there right now this morning, but to actually start to think, I'm not just going to have a million worshipers around the world. We're going to have a million students online on our college. Uh, and, and we can achieve that through an online basis. We have maybe around 300 churches that use our online courses as their Bible college. And uh, some of those churches uh, have become very large because it's about leadership development. And great churches are built on great leadership. And so the more we can develop leaders, the better. Getting to my scripture, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All right, so a lot of thoughts coming out of that. What did Jesus tell us to do? Go make disciples disciples. That's it. He also told us to go preach the gospel. But as I look at the the sum journey of a believer and of the believers in the New Testament, salvation and getting born again are not the end of the game. We might think that if I can only get somebody along to church, get them out the front, they get saved. Woo! That is really only part of the journey. And it's a very early part of the journey. Because you and I both know people who have done that by their hundreds who are no longer in church. Jesus was their Savior, and occasionally they turn up at church when they've got demons, or when they're in trouble, or when their family fell apart, or they went bankrupt. They go, oh, I better go back to church. Jesus, save me. And they get saved again. But they haven't yet surrendered their life to the Lord. Because if they did that, and made him Lord and said, what do you want me to do? They wouldn't end up here. Because he would have told them, don't spend your money like that. Spend your money like this. Make sure you're tithing. Make sure you're doing this and that. Putting a fish on the door isn't going to make any difference at all. you got to actually live the life. So a lot of people would think of me as, as the faith guy or the leadership guy 
or the guy who plants churches or the art guy or the guy who moves in the spirit. These, these, all these vibes, these things, you know, that you can get known for. But I got to tell you, and it's a thing that I don't talk about a lot, and I think I've assumed it wrongly about all the other believers often, but underneath that, I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. All that stuff can come and go. But what will remain is that I am a disciple. That is the greatest cause on planet earth. So I can be a disciple and be a lawyer. I might be a dentist. I might be a farmer. I might be a construction guy. I might be a carpenter. I might be a concrete pourer. I might be a surf lifesaver. I might be anything. But if underneath I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, I will navigate my way through life no matter what comes my way. And as a disciple, I can only call myself that if I am making disciples. But let's just, let's just stop here for a second and, and rest on this. A disciple is somebody who belongs to a kingdom. A church member is somebody who belongs to a religious organization called the church. And we preachers are sometimes guilty of preaching churchianity instead of Christianity. And we're making churchians instead of disciples. We want people to turn up once a week at church. When we, when we say anybody want to serve, immediately all we're thinking of is, is at the door or out the back or signing cards or helping around church. But actually being a servant is seven days a week. So you're helping the old lady across the, the road with a bag of groceries. You're, you're, you're paying for somebody else's meal. You're, you're picking up rubbish from your neighbors that's spilled all over the road and you're cleaning up their rubbish for them. You are serving. You're a servant. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what disciples do. Servanthood is part of the 31 principles of discipleship that are in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You're keeping up with me, aren't you? I just said I'm going to dial it up a little. So we kind of talk fast because there's a lot to get through as well. But you're going okay. You're with me, Alex? You're good. Okay. We good? Story time. Our dog Aberdeen died. He escaped all the time. He was called Aberdeenie. After Houdini. Just, just for people who haven't, don't know Italian. Uh, we did without a dog for a little while, but then we got lonely and we said, let's buy another one, West Highlander. So we bought, bought this little Westie. And, but he, he wasn't like the one previous. This one had a bark. And, and so every time we're making the food, he's just barking, barking, barking. So we called Tanya the dog trainer. Tanya's a dog trainer. She comes around home and she says, okay, show me what's going on. So we prepare in the food and the dog's like, annoying, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, that's, that's what, that's what this dog was doing. And she says, oh, this is terrible. This is hopeless. Well, uh, we've got to fix this. I said, yeah, we'd like you to fix this. And she said, we can fix it now. I said, really? I said, this is going to be good. So she said, put the leash on him, put the leash on him, get the food, put it down. And the dog goes, he's barking, 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 gets within this far of the food bowl and the leash is holding him. So he's going crazy. Like that. Just sharing my experience with you. 
for like, it, it, I, it, it seemed like 30 minutes because it was. 30 minutes, I'm thinking, my God, I'm feeling sorry for this dog. The neighbours are going to think we're murdering each other or the dog or something. But it just went on and on until it couldn't anymore. Go, row, 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 row. And, that's, and then Tanya said, that's what we want, calm and quiet. So, so then she let him off just slightly on the leash and he was able to get there and he got the food and he's gobbling like this. She says, oh, we can't have gobbling. I said, woman, at least he's got the food. So he's back again like this. And this goes like, like for maybe 20 minutes until he just could not. He's sitting there and he's shaking. But he's, he's just, so she lets him forward a little bit and he goes there and he's too tired to gobble. He's like, oh. And she says, that's what we want. Calm and quiet. Now we pull him back and each time we'd put the hand up like this and, and he, would, he would see the hand, but it didn't mean anything. But now she said, we're going to, Try it without the leash and just the hand. So he eventually, he's looking at the hand. He's looking up, looking up, and he thinks, he thinks the leash is still on. This is the Pavlovian sort of effect. He thinks he can't get there until the hand goes. So we go like that, and he goes over, and he's looking at us, and he's got the message, calm and quiet, don't gobble. <laughs> I said, I'm going to hire you out to parents for their children. <laughs> My God, woman, you are clever. Okay, so now that dog, I, we carve up the meat and Anya, who's sometimes in our house, she will tell you, he, he, you put the meat in the thing and he looks at you and waits for the command. I'm not sure if he does it for Anya, but he does it for us. And, uh, and he'll look at us and, and I can go away. Sometimes I forget. I go away and I'm doing things for half an hour. I come back and he's still there. Can I eat? <laughs> it's like, okay, so here's the thing. That obedience on that point actually started bleeding into all the other areas. Because he's learned that, and, and I am so much more proud of him as a dog. When he is, you feel fantastic when you're walking along the road and you say, stop. And he stops and you just keep walking. And he stays there. And you think, whoa. That's how Jesus feels about you. When you are somebody he's proud of who will listen to commands. And you want to bless that dog. You want to look after him. You love him. And other people respect him. And it's, it's just a whole better world than that scrappy little dog. And if you've got one, you know who I'm talking to. That just barks at everybody who comes to the front door, that screams and yells and, and just goes crazy all the time. The one thing that we have not been able to, to get him calm and quiet on are dogs on the TV screen. If he sees a dog on the TV screen, he just goes nuts. So we send him off to the wash house. Off to the wash house. And he goes. Too funny. Lordship. That's about lordship. I'm not just going to save him and feed him and have a dog. I want him to learn 
obedience. And he needs to know who is the alpha male in the house, people. He needs to know who is the Lord, that he doesn't rule, that I do, and that Chris does, that we actually are the ones who are ruling his world. Now, Jesus has called you to that. If you don't like that idea, I don't know why you're following Jesus, because that is what we're called to. It is the greatest and highest life that you could be called to. There's not a greater privilege and honor in this life than to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So to, so to put my life under the Lordship of Jesus and to come move on from the cross. I mean, sometimes we've made, the cross is great, the resurrection is great, but we've got to move on to where He's Lord. And He's not just saving us and casting demons out of us and getting us healed and, and providing for us and fixing our life up because there comes a point where He may not provide for us and He's still going to be Lord. Now, one of the reasons that I'm motivated to preach this, that you are a disciple before you're anything else, is because we are living in a world where Christianity is, is under attack. And there are several factors that play into this message. Number one is that the welcome mat for Christianity is being pulled out from Western society. Even though we've been respected and welcomed, it is fast going. The media are getting more and more aggressive, attacking us and creating a sour taste in the mouth of the public about Christians. And there are laws and legislations being passed right now that are distinctly anti-Christian, that are going to prevent, that are going to try and prevent us from preaching the Bible. It's already a law that's passing in New Zealand that hate speech portions of the Scripture are not going to be uh, welcome. I just saw uh, a pastor has been jailed in Canada and the conditions of his release are that he will cease preaching. He can't get out of jail unless he promises that he won't, st that, he, that he will keep preaching. My friend, our overseer in Canada, Lorne Tebbett, knows the man. He's a good friend and he's been praying for him. And uh, we have churches in the very same town of Edmonton where that is happening. We have churches in Pakistan where they will kill you. But I'm talking about the Western world, our world, yours and my world, right here in Australia world where there are laws being passed and, and the media is against it. Unless you make a decision, I'm going to be a disciple in the kingdom who cares not for the opinion of others. The cheers or the jeers are not going to influence me about following Christ. I have decided I will follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. So, so once I have got that, that settled, that I am, a, I am a disciple and things aren't going to move me, the second thing that plays into this message is the fact that there are scandals in the world, in the church. And they are not new, but they seem to be happening with more greater frequency. Possibly that's because we have increased in numbers around the world. The Spirit-filled movement is the largest non-human-led growing movement in the history of the world. Just 120 years ago, we were about 5,000 people in the world. Today, we are over a billion. Nobody's orchestrated it, planned it, or done anything else. It's just an explosion of the life of the Spirit all around the world. So because there's a greater number, maybe that's one of the, the, the factors that play into that there's more notable events. But the spirit of Antichrist is against anybody that has the anointing. Christ is anointing. Antichrist is anointing. Many traditional Christian positions have the respect of the community. Many Christian traditions that have said no to the Holy Spirit, that have shut the door on the freedom of the Spirit, are not attacked. They're not under the microscope. 
because it is more respectful if you're not doing something like having a full church twice on a Sunday morning and once on a Sunday night and worshiping in the power of the Holy Spirit and believing in miracles and the expansion by the Spirit of God throughout the whole earth, planting churches at the rate of, I don't know, two, three a week. God is gonna be with us as we move forward in this hour, but we will find there's pushback. There is pushback. And sometimes that pushback is on the shepherds of the flock. I get so nervous when people introduce me like Pastor John Pierce this morning because I am not that great. You know, I know he's made me sound that great and I sometimes think, well, I don't know who that guy is, but I guess I'll fill in for him while, while we're waiting. But the fact is, I know who I am and I'm, I fall far short of the glory of God. And I wanna stay there. I wanna stay with that mindset because once I start to think I'm some hotshot, that I'm incredible, I am setting myself up for a massive fall. And you need to pray for us and your pastor that we manage to keep a contrite and a broken heart so that we stay as disciples and not start to succumb to the seduction of heavy-duty titles. So there are scandals in the world today. When I got born again, two of my heroes who had a deep influence in my life and shaped my ministry, shaped my private devotional life, both of them fell badly, really badly national scandals here in Australia and beyond and another national scandal in, in, uh, in, in America. I found that many of the leaders in New Zealand who had a huge influence on the whole church around the world, the largest church in the country, the pastor fell. The, leader of many of, the leaders of many of the other churches all took a tumble. It was shocking to me. My head spun. I could hardly think straight when it first happened. I couldn't conceive of how could this happen. And it made me question what I was believing in. It made me a little cynical and suspicious of other ministers, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't you could be forgiven for having those same kinds of cynicisms and, and suspicions because of recent uh, failures of men who have been respected around the world. But what are you gonna do when these things happen? Are you gonna be a churchian? An attender or a disciple? A disciple who follows Jesus regardless of what smears. Though none follow, though no go with me, still I will follow. Doesn't matter if I'm left on the side of the road, I'm still gonna follow Jesus. And I'm gonna be a disciple in a kingdom and not just a member in a religious organisation. This is what God has called us to, Melbourne and onliners, to not just be people who have a religious facade that we turn up on Sunday and that we look good, we look like we're doing the part, but really, really back home, it's a different matter. I look like I'm a tither, but you know, every now and then when I feel like it, maybe drop something in the bucket. It's a casual thing. Yeah, every now and then I'll share Jesus with somebody, you know, like once every 10 years. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just speak well of the church once or twice. Most, well, I'm mostly gossiping. All these things are what a, 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 a member of an organization does. But a disciple in the kingdom has a private devotion to Jesus. And what they do in private matters. They're true in private about how they're living in public. And so the kingdom of God is vastly different. Uh, I got about, oh, I thought I had a minute left. I got less than a minute left. The world will tell you all sorts of things about how to navigate your way through life. Anybody who lives in the kingdom of God is gonna find that they have principles to live by that will help them navigate whatever they discover and they will get victory. I'll talk about that in the next service because there's a story which is about five minutes long. But I know that we've got to turn over pretty quick here today because we've got another service. Tonight, 
I will be preaching a different message, unless your pastor really thinks we should go for it again tonight. But uh, it will be more about, you know, reaching people for Jesus, bringing the power of God. But I want to say this before I close, that sometimes the stage up here has gotten in the way of making disciples. And, and people's aspiration to serve the Lord is to get up here and be a preacher or a singer or something like that. You don't want to make that your aspiration. You want to make your aspiration to be somebody who lays down their life and takes up their cross and will follow Jesus under any circumstance, whether the church is good or bad. It doesn't matter. Those things, you don't become connoisseur of sermons. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it wasn't so good. Yeah, a bit, bit like, we're actually just committed to following Christ. And so we've got a private devotional life that'll sustain us through anything. And that most of our life is giving out. Now, my last final point, which is the next step on this, which you will catch on the C3 Online College. You can do it individually or as a group or your pastor will lead you maybe in uh, a bit of that. But is, is going from being a disciple, which I've talked about this morning, into making disciples. So that we actually form a different kind of language. I'm a pastor. I'll see people and say, how, how are you? How's your family? That's good, pastoral. But you know, there's another level where I can say, how's life for the people you live with? How's your connect group? And I can include them in my world when I'm ministering to others and they see how it's done rather than me just doing it on my own. That is the beginning of actually influencing people. We offered mentoring to all of our young businessmen. We found 30 mentors in our church. But you know, when we asked for mentees, two people put up their hand. I thought, it isn't about us wanting to make disciples. Sometimes it's about people wanting to be made. Who are saying, could you, could you just influence me? Could you let me know in this area? Be a mentor in this area for my life or for, this, for a season. That's how mentoring and disciple making is. But I want you here this morning to put yourself in that place, Romans 12, 2, where... You present yourselves a living sacrifice to God in Melbourne, online, here in the room. Can we all stand? And then I'm going to hand back to Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy. Lord Jesus, I pray here today and, and just before I do hand back, if we can all pray together and then at the end of the prayer at your location there in Melbourne, uh, your pastor will just lead you in another prayer for you right there in, in the church. Father, we pray that you'll help us embrace a message of lordship of Jesus in our world, not just of Savior. We thank you for saving us. Our hearts are forever grateful. We are eternally grateful, literally. But Lord, for us to be useful to you, we have to say you're Lord. And this morning, each of us, in our own way, here before you, Recommit to the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a great clap offering. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy.